Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast. It's me, Martin Johnson. I'm on my own for today's Hubcast, so it's nice for a change to be able to sit in on my own and record something um, without interacting, uh, without speaking to others, without having multiple ideas put into the pot. Uh, and I wanted to record this on my own because I've been doing some work recently on this and um, I've got it straight in my mind and I hope that the listeners uh, will take some a- a practical and tangible value away from it. So what we're going to talk about, I've been doing some work on sales calls and in particular, new business sales calls, so the prospecting element of the sales role. And it's because a lot of our customers and clients talk to us a lot about this. You know, the sales training that we provide is great. We we often provide a lot of that training when you're in the sale of how you uh, create a compelling reason, reason to buy, push the sale through sales cycle through the pipeline, and hopefully to an end point where we close. Um But if you rewind, one of the things people struggle with a lot is the new business sales generation element of of the sales cycle. And and new business calls or cold calling, although a lot will claim that it's dead, uh, we don't believe that that's the the truth here at T2. Um, It's just that quite a lot of people still find it incredibly uncomfortable. And yes, with the emergence of social media and in the digital world, there's a lot of different ways in which we can market and prospect to customers in the modern day workplace. But cold calling is not dead and picking up the phone and speaking to new prospective customers and approaching new prospective customers is not dead. So what we what we want to do on or what I want to do on this hubcast is I want to share with you my approach and and our approach to new business sales calls. And for anybody listening to this who has to do this as a as a part of their job or a key part of their role, um, I'm just hoping I can bring some of the unconscious things into your conscious and get you thinking about how you're approaching these sales calls at the minute. Are you getting a few things maybe wrong? Are you reaching resistance a little bit too early? Are you getting to that uncomfortable spot where you're you're defending your position almost in the first 30 seconds of the call or the approach? And therefore, is there something we can do slightly differently to maybe buy ourselves a little bit more time to be able to reach the point in the sales call where we can start having a meaningful discussion or at least fix a next call to action? So that's what we're going to aim to achieve um, I'd recommend if you're listening to this hubcast and you're commuting or you're in the car or whatever it might be, listen to it again at a later point where you can take some notes. We're also going to create our own pathway on the T2 hub for this so you can actually see and, and download and, and read and browse some of the, the techniques that I'm going to talk through. So sales calls. When we talk about sales calls, I'm talking about um, the cold initial contact with a customer over the phone. and I've, we've got some sales calls do's and some sales calls don'ts, and we're going to talk through them today. But the first thing I want to introduce you to is if you think about every sales call as a five-step approach, so five steps on the staircase to executing upon a sales call. If you think about it like that, then as we go through the structure, it'll start to make more sense. So let's start on the bottom step. Let's start with the first thing you've got to try and achieve on a new business sales call. And we call this engage in dialogue. 
It's simply engage in dialogue. So this is the hardest part of the call, right? Because it is the most uncomfortable first 10 seconds. It's where some people want to try and get rid of you almost on pickup. As soon as you introduce yourself and, you, and you're a few seconds in, they're busy, they're in a meeting, they can't speak right now, they're not interested, thank you, right? That's the type of responses you get to the engaging dialogue part of, of the sales call. But this is your first step. And all this first step is about is buying yourself time. The mistake salespeople make is they try and achieve too much on this first step. They try and um, you know, they try and transmit a fire rose of information to the prospective customer. They try and get their introduction in at 100 miles an hour, right? It, we, we offer up too much. All we're trying to do on the engaging dialogue first step of a sales call is to buy ourselves time, right? To not have the phone put down, to not instantly be hit with a, with a, with a response or with an answer. So let me give you an example of how I observe typical people opening up their sales calls. So say I know who I'm going to call, right? I want to call Martin Johnson. Someone's going to call me. And quite often, and this is the one that personally I, I resonate with as well, but when we've looked at the research and data, this is the one that tends to generate a bit of an untrusting response or a mistrusting response from the start. So somebody calls me, I answer the phone and say, hello. And they say, is that Martin? Is that Martin? And straight away, if somebody says to me, is that Martin? I want to go, who's calling? That's my stock response. Who's calling? Because somebody's addressed me, obviously, by my first name, and somebody's asking, is that you? I, I at this point, it's human nature. I don't know who this is. So straight away, I'm going to start asking questions back. Who's calling? Does this make sense? So... Let me rewind. That's a sales call don't on the engaging dialogue section. Don't start with, is that Martin? Is that John? Is that Fiona? Don't start with that because you will always or more often than not, some people might say yes, right? Because everybody's different. And this is the key thing I want to say here. There's no silver bullet and everybody's different, but you've got to go with the law of averages of what may guard against that resistance early doors and buy yourself a bit more time. So what else can we say instead of, is that Martin? Or is that Fiona? Well, let's rewind. A good practice to always add a human element into every start of a sales call is this. Hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. Now, the reason why that works in from a psychological perspective is that human beings do uh, our program to help other human beings, right? We are, right? Hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. So on the end of the phone, I all, I'm already speaking to somebody who needs a bit of help or is unsure whether they are whether they are in the right destination or not, right? So, hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm looking to speak to Martin Johnson, please, or I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. I would always respond to that with speaking. Now, when you ask and survey other people this question, more or less I say to them, I don't ask them any question, but I say, your phone rings, you know, you pick up the phone and somebody starts with, hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm looking to speak to Martin, please. How do you respond? Almost instantaneously, most people will respond with speaking. Now, the difference between who's calling in the first example and speaking is buying yourself a little bit more time. You're not on the back foot from, from second one trying to justify now who's calling and why you're calling, right? It's just speaking. 
So assume that we've done a good job in engaging dialogue. And this is the first step in any sales call. You've got to get past that first five or seven seconds. You've got to get to the point where they say speaking or oh, hello or whatever it might be and not who's calling, what is this about? So think about the language you use. Think about how you could open up in a bit more of a relaxed, softer way that allows people to, to, to say, yes, you have reached the right de destination and I'm speaking. If it's not the person on the phone, you've asked politely rather than assumed, is that Martin? You've asked politely, I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. So even if you get the gatekeeper, right, I'm wondering if you can help me, I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. Even if you get the gatekeeper, you've got a much better chance of them now engaging in a dialogue with you than assuming that they are the person you're looking to speak to. So that is engaging dialogue. Now, moving this on swiftly, and like I say, there'll be a pathway on the hub that you can digest at a later point to find out more details about these sales calls, do's and don'ts. Step two is assuming you've engaged in dialogue and you've bought yourself some time, you've now got to instantly, this is the most key part, you have got to create familiarity. Familiarity is what allows people to open up or engage with somebody. It's got to feel not cold to me as the customer or the prospective customer. It's got to feel familiar in some way. So as the salesperson who is essentially doing, you know, making a cold call, how do you create familiarity? Well, what we found in our research is there are three things after you've created and engaged in dialogue and you've got somebody's attention, there are three things that are going to create familiarity on that call. So this is how we would proceed. Let me just replay the first step again, and I'll come straight into the second step. So the first step, engaging dialogue. Hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. I respond with speaking. You're straight onto the second step now, creating familiarity. Hi, Martin. Or hi, you know, hi, Martin. My name is John Smith, and I'm I'm calling, following. So you're going to now go into one of three things to create familiarity. Number one, you can refer to a previous interaction. Number two something relevant to them that you've researched, that you've picked up on, that you've observed, that you've seen. Number three, a referral, refer to a referral or a mutual friend or colleague that will that allows you to create that common ground between the two people. So let me say that again. You've engaged in dialogue. I've established the right person. You know, I've now introduced myself. My name is John Smith and I'm calling, following or to and I've now got to go instantly into one of three things. I'm going to either um, talk about a previous interaction between you, the prospective customer, and my organization over the last few years, a previous interaction we've had personally, either at this organization or at a different organization or maybe an event that we've had, so I can create some familiarity early doors, right? If I've met somebody at an event three months ago and I've got a business card, I can use that in my creating familiarity step to, so it's not so cold, even if they don't remember you, right? Um, something relevant was the other one. So number two, something relevant. If I've done some research or I've looked on your LinkedIn post this morning or I've listened to your um, your podcast or I've, you know, I've seen a news article about your recent promotion or a project that you success, successfully, successfully delivered in your organization, I can refer to something relevant so I'm calling about the article that you shared this morning on LinkedIn. I read it, you know, I read it when I got to my my desk with a coffee. It really struck a chord with me. I wanted to give you a call, right? So you're creating some familiarity by mentioning something that is relevant to them. And number three, the, the referral. Now, this is the most powerful, um, you know, technique in familiarity. 
if you can refer to, my name's John Smith and I'm calling following, I, w- I was speaking to a mutual friend of ours, I believe, and mentioned the name X, Y, or Z. Uh, I understand you work with them at a previous organization. They actually said it might be worth me giving you a call about what we do here at X, Y, or Z, right? The minute that you get a referral or you can quote a referral and and somebody uh, and it's somebody who we both respect and and know well, I am more likely to give you some more of my time. If any of my customers refer anybody to speak to me about anything, I will always take it. I will always take it because it's that familiarity of somebody's recommended or somebody's mentioned me in passing to somebody. Now, it doesn't work every time. And this is the thing. You might get people who still say they're not interested or cut you off short. All we're trying to do here is increase your opportunity, increase your chances of buying yourself time to move through these five steps. So let me just recap so far for new business sales callers. Sales calls do's are absolutely around engaging in dialogue on the first step. Instead of saying, is that Martin, and getting a response of who's calling, right? I want you to start saying, hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. If you get the gatekeeper, it's a much softer approach that and a polite approach. If you get Martin, I'm more likely to say speaking. That buys you the time to come on to step two, which is creating familiarity. And always remember, your next follow-on from the prospective customer saying speaking is, you know, Hi, Martin. Uh, hope you're well. Uh, my name's X, Y, or Z, and I'm calling, following, and hit one of three things to create familiarity. A previous interaction that you've had or they've had with your organization or with you personally, something relevant that you've picked up in the media, online, on social media, whatever it might be that's relevant to them, or number three, a referral, mentioning a mutual person that you both know um, uh, and creating that, establishing that familiarity from the outset. And then you can move to step three. Um, you know, and by the way, on step two, don't make the mistake of falling into once they've said speaking or who's calling, saying, my name's Martin Johnson, are you okay to talk? A lot of um, new business salespeople say this, are you okay to talk? The minute you start asking closed questions on new business calls, it is a no-no because you are, you are giving the prospective customer an opportunity to close you out or close you off, Right. If you say, are you okay to talk, what do you usually get back? No, actually, I'm not. I'm just in a meeting or I'm in between meetings or I really can't talk right now. Um, What's it regarding? Right? So then you're on the back foot of doing an elevator pitch around what it's regarding and you you do a not very good job of it and they say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. Bang. And your prospective opportunity is gone. So at step two, always lead with... Hi, my name is Martin Johnson, and I'm calling following and make some statements around one of the three things that will create familiarity. Don't get drawn into, are you okay to talk? So coming on to step three. Now, if we've made it to this far on a sales call, right, we've engaged in dialogue, right, we've, we've bought ourselves time, we've then created familiarity by using one of the three things I've just mentioned, It's now time, because you can't skate around it forever, it's now time to establish a reason for the call. But the key to this is statements and not questions. Statements, not questions. If you jump into establishing the reason for your call, even after you've done all the hard work, created a bit of familiarity, bought yourself some time, and you jump straight in with, so I'm calling from Trans2 Performance, and we offer leadership training, management training, and sales training. I wondered if you'd be interested, right? Instantly, I'm leaving it open for somebody to go, no, thank you, or 
you know, we're already we're already covered in those areas. Thank you. We have our own in-house training department, or we're already engaged with a supplier who we trust and we get on really well. So I'm not in the market for it right now. Thank you very much. Right? Because I've asked a question, I've asked a closed question that I can get an answer to. So we've got to avoid asking questions to establish the reason. We've got to try and continue with the statements. Now, assuming that we have done a really good job of creating familiarity, the simple statement at establishing the reason for the call is just to say, hence the reason for my call. So if we've done a great great job of saying, hi, my name's Martin Johnson, I'm calling because actually I was speaking to John Smith the other day and we was having coffee together and he mentioned your name and said I should give you a call. I think you two work together at X company. You know, we're currently working with them on X, Y, and Z, hence the reason for my call. So you're making a statement because you're letting them know why you're calling, but because you've done a good job at familiarity, you're just simply saying, hence the reason for my call. It's very difficult for a prospective customer. I mean, they could still respond at that point and go, oh, thank you, Matt. You know, I do appreciate the call, but I'm not interested. Let's be honest about this. They can still do that, but it's not as easy as you going, this is who we are. This is what we offer. Would you be interested? No, can be the simple answer to that, right? So... You want to try and make a statement, not questions, to establish the reason for your call. Now, if you've bought yourself this time and you still have the prospective customer on the phone, you can now proceed to the fourth step, which is explore their needs. This is where you can flip it on its head and start asking questions, not making statements. So as much as you don't, we don't want you to ask questions at the, at the previous step and leave yourself open to, for dismissal, we now, if you've proceeded to four, you've got to try and explore their needs because we need to find out about them, their organization, and what they might be possibly focusing on or, or need that would fit our services or our products, right? So this is where you ask questions. And there's many different questions, right? There's absolutely many different questions from business-led questions to personal questions. You know, what does the next 12 months look, look like for your business? I mean, what are your top three priorities at the moment? What's the potential impact on the business of not achieving those priorities? How does your department contribute to these priorities? As a business, who do you currently use for X, Y, Z, these products and services that we also have? From a personal perspective, let's also find out about the person. Listen, I'm intrigued. I always say this. If I get dialogue with somebody and we're talking, I'm intrigued. Tell me a little bit about you. What's your background? Because people love talking about themselves. Sometimes we jump into the business-led questions. But the great icebreaker is, listen, you know, I spoke to, uh, you know, I spoke to John Smith the other day over coffee. He recommended I give you a call. He said, you're a good guy, whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, I've work, I'm working with him in his organization. Uh, so I just wanted to, you know, give you a call. Hence the reason for my call. I'm intrigued though. Tell me a little bit about you. What's your background? That is a great personal question to start opening up the dialogue. How are you expected to contribute in your role? You know, if you could achieve anything in your role over the next year, what would it be? What gives you the most self-fulfillment in your role? How do you think things are going so far? You know, what are your challenges? So starting asking the questions allows you to explore their needs, both personally and professionally. But you can only ask these questions once you're at the fourth step. Once you've engaged in dialogue, created familiarity, established a reason as to why you're calling and they're still on the phone, then you can start asking some questions and see if you get some engagement. And if you get engagement at step four and when you're exploring their needs, you are you are probably on the step of the new business sales call cycle that you will only get to probably one or 2% of the time. 
let's face it, 98% of the time, you don't get to this step. So when you do, it's about asking timely, intelligent questions uh, to proceed to the fifth and final step, which is progress to a call to action. So say you've had a, a good five, 10 minute conversation, you've managed to navigate this well, and actually it's been, you know, it's not red hot just yet, but it's been a really good introductory call and there's something there. Great new business sales callers always progress to a CTA, a call to action. And the way they do this is rather than get too pushy, uh, too dictating around the next steps in the plan, they simply summarize the conversation between us. They confirm their understanding of of you, your organization, and, and what you might be, may or may not be interested in. And they simply ask you and let you drive the plan. It's called a mutually agreed plan. They say, listen, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I know I've caught you off guard. However, I think there could be some mileage and it would be well worth us having a conversation or having a coffee, whatever it might be. How would you like to proceed? Would you like to maybe me send you some information? Do you need something on an email? Or do you want to meet face-to-face and just have a, a very loose conversation at this stage? How would you like to proceed? And let the prospective customer tell you how what they want to do next. Too often do salespeople on calls like this get too excited and start pushing things and proposals and next steps down perspective, and they get a little bit frightened off. So great salespeople, they progress to a call to action. They don't leave it too loose, um, but they summarize the conversation, they confirm understanding, and they ask how the prospective customer wants to proceed next. What is their preferred next step? Do I send you information for you to digest in your own time? Do you want to meet? Do you want to do a video conference? Do you want me to bring my manager in and we'll all have a chat? You know, do you want to share some information with me so I can read up a bit more on your organization and what you might be wanting to achieve? So, you know, there's some, they're the five steps. Let me just repeat them and and then finish this subcast off with a couple of uh, real focus areas I want people to focus on. You've got to go through five steps of a new business sales call if you want to be successful. Let's be honest, you're only going to reach the end 1% to 2% of the time if you're lucky. So volume still matters, but we want you to try and increase the amount of times you can move up these five steps because 99% of the time people get dismissed or fobbed off on steps one and two. Step one is engaging dialogue. Stop saying things like, is that Martin? Because I will respond with who's calling or many people will respond with who's calling. Start switching it up. Bring the human element in and earn the right and be courteous. Hi, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm looking to speak with Martin, please. If it's me, I will respond with speaking. If it's my gatekeeper, they're more likely to respond with who's calling, right? But either way, it's a better opener than the than the, than the assumption or the assumptive opener of is that Martin? There's many different ways you can engage in dialogue. But I would, I'm a massive fan. I'm, I'm wondering if you can help me, followed by I'm looking to speak with. And it's a bit more courteous and you will buy yourself a bit more time. Number two, step two, assuming you've bought yourself some time, create familiarity. We talked about saying if someone says speaking, right? You know, hi, Martin, my name's John and I'm now call, I'm calling you because I was talking to, you know, John Smith the other day and he mentioned you in passing and said he'd work with you at a previous organization. We're doing some great work with them at the minute and he said you may be interested. So I wanted to give you a call. Instantly, you've created familiarity, right? Um, previous interactions, look at 
you know, three years ago, you engaged with us on one of our leadership courses. One of the things you mentioned at the time was this. Well, guess what? We've now launched this product and we thought it might be of interest here. You're referring to a previous interaction or them previously engaging with you personally or your organization or something relevant. Look, I read your blog post this morning on LinkedIn and it just caught my eye. You know, you said you're struggling with this in the organization. You said you're looking to achieve this or you've got a big project on. You know, we work very well with organizations like yourself and I wanted to give you a call right? If you can start creating familiarity after you've engaged in the initial dialogue, using a referral or a connection with another colleague or a mutual friend, something relevant to them that you've observed, picked up on or read or seen, or a previous interaction with your organization or you, you personally, you know, you can hopefully with that familiarity, just guard against that instant shield reaction that we usually get from prospective customers. It will buy you even more time and it will allow you to progress to step three, which is establish the reason for your call. You can't skate around with it. If, if you're a new business salesperson who skates around why you're calling, you will get your prospective customer saying to you every time, listen, listen, just, just hold up a second. What's this call regarding? And if you've reached that point, you have not established the reason for the call. And that is step three. But you don't want to ask questions or you don't want to say, we offer X, Y, and Z. And I wonder if you'd be interested because I can then say, no, thank you. And most often than not, if people are in a rush, they'll say, no, thank you, right? So avoid the questions that, you know, introducing what you do in the cell and then the questions and try and just make statements. If you've done a really good job at step two of familiarity, you can lead into establishing the reason by simply saying, hence the reason for my call today. I'm telling you why I'm calling you, but I'm telling you in in, in the I've done it in a familiarity way rather than in a salesy way. Um, and then step four, assuming that after you've said hence the reason for my call, they've not said no thank you and put the phone down. If you're still on the call, then you've got to switch from I said statements, not questions on on the previous step. It's now questions, not statements, because we're trying to explore their needs at step four. And some timely questions around them personally, their business, you know, what they're trying to achieve. What's the impact of not achieving it? Who are they using at the present? You know, uh, tell me a bit about your background. What, what's your skill set? Where have you come from? You know, what gives you fulfillment? What would be success for you personally in two years' time? They're great questions to start exploring what their needs might be personally and professionally. And finally, assuming we've uncovered something, we've uncovered an area for improvement or a business issue that we can help them with, right, through our product or service, progress to a call to action. It's number five. Rather than getting aggressive and excited and being too pushy and dictative of a follow-up plan on this, mentioning proposals and pricing and all this type of stuff, simply summarize the conversation. Confirm your understanding of what they've said in the Q&A section of that in, in, in exploring their needs and ask them how they want to proceed. Make it a mutually agreed plan driven by them. You know, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I know you're working on some key things. We work with our other customers on these very same things, right? And I think we could help you. But listen, I know it's a quick conversation up, up until this point. How do you want to proceed? You know, we can meet face to face. We can have a call. I can send you some information, give you some time to reflect. How do you, how would you like to proceed? Now, some people might say that's dangerous. You've got to take the bull by the horns. Trust me, in the modern day world, if you've had, if you've done your job right, they will tell you exactly how they want to proceed. And that's what we call progress to a CTA or a, or a call to action. So just another another few final things from me on, on creating familiarity at step two, because this is the step you've got to get past, right? When you buy yourself some time on, on engaging in that initial dialogue, you know, I mentioned three things there, the referral or the mutual acquaintance, something relevant 
or previous interactions. Previous interactions, you know, with your business or with you personally, something relevant. Here's some some ways you can establish something relevant with with the call uh, prospective caller before every prospect call. Check social media posts. It's a great indicator of what they might be interested in or focusing on. Look at interviews, any any interviews they've given in the media or articles. Check out their blogs. You know, do they have a podcast, a vlog? Is there something you can watch or pick up on? Websites, industry announcements about their organization or their industry, something that revolutionary that's happening that you can actually help them with, right? Something relevant. There's so much out there for you to get. You've just got to put the time and effort into prepping before the call. You know, the referral and the mutual acquaintance, it could be a, a mutual friend. It could be a colleague. Look at who they're connected to on LinkedIn. It could be that you have a, 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 a common supplier or a customer between you, a social media connection, whoever it might be. Try and refer to somebody who you know to create familiarity and even give them a call before the sales call to say, listen, I want to call Martin Johnson at Trans2 Performance. I've seen you're connected to on LinkedIn. Do you know him well? Yeah, I know Martin. He's done loads of training for us at our organization. All right. So can I mention you? If I give him a call, I'm just interested in talking to him about this, this and this. Can I get, can I mention you? Yeah, of course you can. You can tell, you can mention my name. Bang. I can then use that, you know, credibly in my opening stages of that call. So creating familiarity at step two is the number one thing that I think presents all new business sales callers with an opportunity to just do it slightly better and more conscious because, you know, you can undo it very quickly by asking too many closed questions or making too many assumptions early in the call. So I think that just about does it for this podcast. I hope it's been of use. I want salespeople to listen. So I want sales leaders to listen to just analyze how we are currently conducting our sales calls. And, and, and if you're in a call center, you've probably got your own scripts and your own ways and it might work. But is there some little nuggets in there that you can maybe take and incorporate into your own processes? Um, we're going to publish this on the on the hub uh, as a hubcast, but we're also going to write a pathway and some of the uh, worksheets around and battle guides around what I've just said so you can read up on it at a later stage. So hope that was of use, and I'll be back shortly with another T2 hubcast. Thank you very much. 